0: okay hello and welcome today if you're listening you're here checking out the sober 30 challenge podcast so I'm making this podcast to go over um, a little challenge i created for myself to sort of strengthen up my sobriety and and get my self-confidence back on track and dial in a few things in my recovery that i needed to do so before i go into it i might just introduce myself quickly my name's jordan i've been sober for 10 years i've been medication free now for three years i certified integrative nutrition health coach and I'm the founder of integrative recovery, which is a holistic approach to sobriety and, and, a, and a mindset around incorporating the best of what's currently out there, whether it's treatment centers or 12 step programs or therapy or yoga or nutrition or diet or whatever it is, the integrative recovery approach is about educating ourselves to see what's available. And then through a holistic application, finding a solution that works for us. So it's about making things right, not making things wrong. And so, With that said, let me tell you a little bit about who this challenge is for. So before I jump into that, let me just do a quick disclaimer that this challenge is for educational purposes only, that any changes to one's diet, health, lifestyle or medication must always be done under the guidance and care of licensed health professionals. So before you consider doing any challenge like this, please speak to your doctor and go and get a clearance. It's you're responsible for your own health and wellbeing and anything that's as a part of this challenge must always be done Under the guidance and care of a doctor so with that said if you're willing to commit to seeing a doctor and getting clearance and and taking full responsibility for your health and wellness then let's dive into it so this is for people that are already sober so if you're currently in a detox or a treatment center or you're currently sort of going through the withdrawal period this challenge is not for you this is for people that are already sober that have got like a stable health conditions they're sort of they're at a point in their life where alcohol and drugs are no longer running their life and they're looking to up level their health or up level their energy or whatever. It's also not for people that, I'm sorry, it's for people, so I'll start with who it's not for, that's probably easier. So it's not for people that are currently still drinking. It's not for people that are currently in a treatment facility. It's not for people that are heavily medicated for mental or physical health issues. So if you've got serious health issues, whether they're mental health issues or physical health issues, you're currently under treatment medication seeing doctors or whatever your circumstances are if you're some for some reason you've got health issues or medication issues then this is definitely not for you this is also not for anyone who thinks that there's only one way to sobriety and that's their way so this is for people that have an open mind that are willing to show up with a bit of humility and a bit of curiosity and say okay well i've done a bunch of things and they have worked and it works for me and my friends that's great but i feel like something may be missing so i'm willing to look at other things so that's definitely you need to have an open mind for this this is also not for dabblers or excuse makers or people who are not 100 percent committed to sobriety because some of the things are going to be talking about in here around diet and lifestyle and behavior change and and stepping up and sort of taking full responsibility for your daily habits it, it's not going to work if you're not fully in. So just know that in advance. If you're only 85 or 92% in, then you're probably not going to like this. You might want to tune out. And this is not for anyone looking for a quick fix or a magic pill. There is no magic pill. That's why we became addicted. right? We're seeking out a magic pill and turns out it doesn't actually work. So this is the same. There's no magic pill. There are principles and there is science-based stuff. We're going to talk about integrative medicine and functional medicine and all of these evidence-based holistic approaches to healing that are Pretty, pretty new actually and, and pretty transformative, but there's no magic pill. You're still going to have to do the work and things like this, they take work. You have to go and find the doctor. You've got to change your daily habits. You've got to consider taking different supplements. You may have to look at your diet. There's a whole bunch of things that if you're looking for some magic, easy way out, it's not going to work. It's like, you're not going to like it. So that's who it's not for. Who it is for, it's for people that are struggling in their current treatment. So they're doing all the traditional things, whether that's like a recovery community, like a 12-step program, or it's a yoga community, or it's therapy, or it's like self-help, or the Tony Robbins world, or wherever it is, if you're doing all of these things, but your sobriety just doesn't quite feel right, you've got brain fog, or you're tired and scattered a lot of the time, potentially you've got mood issues like anxiety or depression, Uh, possibly you can't sleep, or you have really interrupted sleep, and you're really tired, and you're burning out. Perhaps you've got like light sensitivity or noise sensitivity, uh, food, to- food intolerances, you're finding that you're getting more and more uh, sensitive to foods and loud noises really make your head rattle and so many things like that. So this is for those people, the people that are in sobriety, that are doing the traditional things that are showing up in their life, I've got so much respect for these people, you're doing the work, right? But the work isn't quite working. It feels like something must be missing. Nothing really lasts. And so if that sounds anything like you, you're in the right place. So before I go any further, let me just do a little check-in with you real quick. Does this sound like you? Do you have some weeks where you feel great, but other weeks where you just feel like the bottom falls out of your world, or you struggle to sleep, or you feel depressed and anxious and you wonder if you're ever going to feel normal again? Do you often have trouble with mood swings, irritability, or feeling scattered and secretly think you must be broken or something must be wrong because life shouldn't feel this hard? Did you quit the hard stuff only to find that you're now heavily dependent on stimulants such as caffeine, nicotine, sugar and flour and you can't go more than a few hours just to get through the day without one of these four stimulants and you're sick and tired of feeling like no matter what you do, you're always going to be under the mercy of some stimulant, some substance. Potentially, do you lack confidence now that you're sober? Do you feel socially awkward like you don't have that mojo or that energy is just not there? And going out all the time feels like it a, a, a burning. Uh, so going out all the time like, feels exhausting. Like you have to put all this energy and you come home after going out and you're like, oh, I'd rather we we'll just stay home, to be honest. And does it sometimes feel like everyone else is getting ahead in life, but you're not? It seems like everyone can do this sobriety thing real easy, but you must be missing something and you secretly wonder, what the heck is everyone else doing that I'm not doing? and you're thinking, man, I just must be this really hard case where no matter what I do, I just can't get well. So if anything sounds like you, I have good news. None of those are the real problem. The real problem is you haven't made what I call the shifts. Once you make them, you're going to feel amazing. You're going to be able to sleep again. You're going to be able to go to bed at night knowing that. You're going to rest a good solid eight hours. You're going to wake up feeling refreshed. Refreshed i you to picture yourself going through the day with consistent energy, where you show up to people with presence, where people look at you and say, man, there's something about you. You just seem to be so yourself these days. You just seem so happy. i want to imagine a time where depression seems like a thing of the past, where mood swings don't happen anymore, where you go through the day and you handle your challenges. It doesn't burn you out, where you don't have emotional outbursts, a place where your confidence is sky high, Where you can go out and socialize networking events, business events, weddings, family occasions, and you're bringing your best self. You're actually becoming a part of the party, not just someone socially exhausted the whole time. And I want you to picture yourself being able to handle things easily that used to bother you. So with things that used to overwhelm you and confuse you and take you out of the flow state that you like to live your life in, you're effortlessly able to handle those things. So if you're currently here, burnt out, tired, scattered, not sleeping well, feeling like something's missing in your recovery and you want to be over here, confident, full of energy, calm, feeling like you've got the best life you've ever signed up for, would you agree that perhaps you need to do something different? Well, that's exactly why I created the Sober Challenge. The Sober Challenge is designed to address many of the common health issues and many of the common psychological and emotional issues that people face in sobriety. And so who am I? Like I said, my name's Jordan. I'm the founder of Integrative Recovery and I've been sober for 10 years. And 10 years ago, I entered a treatment center for alcohol and drug addiction. I was addicted, addicted to prescription drugs such as Valium, uh, codeine. Um, I was drinking, binge drinking four or five nights a week, smoking a packet of cigarettes a day, drank a ton of coffee. Actually, was addicted to almost everything except heroin to be honest i I tried mushrooms and speed and cocaine and you know cream bulbs and a whole bunch of things i tried it all and um at 25 it all fell apart and so i went to treatment went to an 11 month residential rehab and i struggled really hard um i was diagnosed with post-acute withdrawal syndrome which is long-term withdrawal which means after the first two or three weeks of detox i still couldn't sleep I had clinical suicidal depression. I had massive anxiety and panic attacks. I was physically exhausted. I was just burnt out. I could barely do anything to the point where my only job in the treatment centre was to get up and go down and sit by the by the um, old guy that handed out the toilet rolls. That was all I had to do because they realised I was so physically unwell. And so if you fast forward three months into that treatment centre, I actually tried to commit suicide. I'm not proud of that but I was so miserable. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't think. I couldn't do anything. I just could not be in my skin another moment. And so I was taken to a psychiatric unit from the treatment center. And in there, I, I tried to end my own life. And um, fortunately I survived, ended up with a collapsed lung and in hospital for two weeks having surgery and actually had to have two surgeries, had a big um, big blood infection and, and things got pretty nasty in there for a few weeks Eventually I survived, the doctors did a great job and I was put back in the treatment centre and I was put on medications, antidepressants, mood stabilisers and antipsychotics. I had three medications and they essentially knocked me out, got me sleeping again for the first time, thank God. And they started trying to balance out my mood a little bit. So in that really early phase for someone like me that was in really acute, hardcore uh, detox, it was I think it was probably critical that I needed antidepressants at that stage because I just had nothing else. Knowing what I know now, I would have been able to do things differently. But back then, that's all I had. So getting on the antidepressants and the mood stabilizers and the antipsychotics knocked me out. Um, Gave me food cravings, though, really bad. So at the rehab, we got free bakery food at night. The bakery would give all the day-old bread. And I would eat like five or six bread rolls once I took this medication and end up putting on like 20 kilos in sobriety. So I went from like 85 kilos to 105 kilos. And so I'm 6'3", like 191 centimetres. So I handled it pretty well, but I was still borderline obese. Like I was like one kilo away from being obese. And I carried that weight for almost a decade. And so as I got sober, as I went through treatment, I did a lot of different things. I basically tried it all. Um, I continually struggled after about a year or so with the medications that I was on. So they were helping me sleep and they were kind of balancing my mood out, but they were also balancing out my personality. I lost all my creativity I became really lethargic and flat. I didn't become depressed, but I became apathetic. I just didn't really have good days or bad days. I just kind of had blank days. And then my mind started racing and I started getting really fast thinking. And so the doctors said that either oh, the medications having a side effect because you've been on it for like 18 months. So we changed medications and then we changed medications again. And then we tried to, that was a journey trying to find all these combinations of medications. And so we ended up settling on a medication after a while. There was a pretty intense antipsychotic. I used it just for insomnia. By that stage, I just couldn't sleep, and I was super, like pretty, pretty hectically depressed. But we thought it was because I wasn't sleeping. I was depressed, so end up on the medications, doing all the traditional treatment stuff, recovery communities, Tony Robbins therapy, breath work, and doing yoga classes and exercise and cold showers and journaling and a whole bunch of stuff. Right? I invested all my all my energy into it. My whole life was built around recovery and sobriety and being being the best version of me I could in sobriety. And at seven years sober, I wanted to commit suicide again. I said, this is not right. Something's missing here, eh? And so I went to my psychiatrist. I got a different psychiatrist. And I said, look, I'm not happy. I'm miserable. And she's like, you have a chemical imbalance and it's most likely genetic and you've got to take pills for the rest of your life. And I'm like, But I hate the way they make me feel. Like I'm, I just feel flat. I don't feel good. Yeah, I'm sleeping, but it's not real sleep. I just knock myself out and then, wake up with like a hangover for like four hours and then take a few coffees in the morning to shake the hangover off and can't really get through the day. And she was like, I'm sorry to tell you this, but that's what it is. I was like, man, this sucks. So I dropped out of uni. I started a business and that failed. Ended up having to sell my house. Ended up living in the back of my car homeless. And as I was going through that, one day my hands started shaking and I couldn't stop it. And it started getting really tight flexing and i was like what's going on and my arm just locked up and i had this massive pain and i thought oh my god i'm having a stroke or a heart attack so i rang an ambulance and they rushed out and they came out and they put all these tests on me i went to hospital and they're like no no your heart's fine and la 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 and "No, you haven't had a stroke but we're gonna get you a brain scan and they did all these things right and so i went and saw a neurologist and got like an mri and a eeg and all these crazy nodules on my head and all these body x-rays and it was all, all intense right It cost me quite a lot of money i had to borrow that money off my mum because like i said i was basically broke living in my car and um turns out the neurologist said no you don't have any brain damage or any stroke or anything like that you need to talk to your psychiatrist so i went back to my psychiatrist and said hey hey doc so apparently my brain scan turned out i said yeah i got the report here he said unfortunately this is one of the side effects of medication I'm Like, what do you mean he's like oh this drug this drug has a thing called tardive dystonia and tardive dyskinesia, long words, movement disorder, basically. So what that meant is I had long-term side effects, tardive meaning late onset, movement disorder. So I would literally shake and sometimes I'd fall to the ground and have seizures, full-body convulsions that were very intense. And his answer to me was that I was going to probably be like this for the rest of my life. And I freaked out. I, could not, I, I couldn't believe what he was saying. Are like, you telling me I'm going to be shaking and falling over for the rest of my life? He's like, unfortunately, maybe, yeah. I was like, what are my options? He's like, well, I've got this other medication. And I'm like, well, what does that do? He's like, it'll help balance out this. And I said, but the neurologist said it was, it was, um, it was in my brainstem. He goes, yeah, I don't deal with that. I only deal with this other part. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, I don't deal with that part of the brain. I deal with the prefrontal cortex. And so he was telling me that he didn't deal with this part of my brain that was damaged but he wanted me to take these medications just in case and i said okay well let me read the side effects of those medications heart failure liver failure insomnia suicide ideation like dry mouth digestive health issues i'm like wait a minute you're asking me to take a punt on another medication when this medication that just sort of damaged my brain you said you don't really know what to do now because." That's a different area of the brain. Go see the neurologist. It just didn't make any sense to me. And so as I went through this journey, I realized I need to do this myself. My psychiatrist doesn't really know what to do anymore, except give me more pills. And the neurologist told me to talk to him. I'm like, what am I going to do? And so I walked out of his office and said, I'm never going back. And so long story short, I became obsessed around diet, lifestyle, nutrition, brain disease, the whole lot. I said, what is addiction? What actually is this thing? Because in the seven years I've been in treatment, they just told me it was a spiritual disease. I don't even know what that means. So I ended up getting into the neuroscience and I learned all of the brain development stuff. I learned a bunch around the brain disease model of addiction. I learned a bunch around Dr. Gabor Mate and the self-medication disease model. I read books by Mark Lewis and studies by this neuroscientist who says addiction isn't a disease. I disagree. I think it is a disease, but point I'm making is I read every opinion I could. I read every opinion I could. And as I read all these different doctors' opinions and neuroscientists and psychologists and psychiatrists and all these researchers, all of them were saying the same thing about the information. They just framed it a different way. And what I realized is addiction's brain change. And the brain change happens before we even use. That's where it starts. We have underdeveloped and underperforming brain chemistry systems, dopamine, serotonin, endorphins, the stress response system, all of these important neurochemicals that balance out our mood and regulate our emotions and all this stuff, right? They're not working properly in our brains from childhood development through genetics and and environment. It's called epigenetics. And so as I learned that, I went, wow, I was a prime candidate for addiction. I started using and, and that chemistry problem got fixed temporarily by the drugs. It elevated the chemistry. So I had these really strong euphoric experiences where I wanted to continue to do that. As I continued to do the drugs and the the alcohol, I became addicted. I developed a habit. And as you use drugs, you actually change the brain even further. So you further damage these brain chemistry systems and you create neural pathways for habits. And so what happens is as the neurochemistry systems break and become less and less functional, you need more and more of the drugs to stay high. That's why we end up developing tolerance and as you create stronger and stronger neural pathways, you prioritize the drugs more and more in your life. And so eventually through repetition, through over and over and over again, I needed, or I needed the Valium just to get my brain to work properly. And unconsciously, I was obsessed by the Valium because I'd created so many powerful habit loops. I'd, I'd, sorry, I'd reinforced that habit loop so powerfully. So once I got sober, I pulled all the drugs out of my brain. I literally had no natural chemistry in there my dopamine wasn't working properly, my serotonin wasn't working properly. And so that's what the antidepressants were to help me with the serotonin and stuff. And so as I got into this research, I realised that I had a chemically altered brain and I had brain change, had brain development issues and a chemically altered brain. And the medications are on one affected dopamine and one affected serotonin. The antipsychotics were around the dopamine and the dopamine receptor sites. And what happened with that medication is it basically overwhelmed one of my receptor sites, and it burnt out like a fuse, went and popped. And so now that receptor site can't handle the charge of the dopamine. That's what one of the I saw a second neurologist and got a second opinion. That was his opinion was that I'm not handling the the electrical charge from the dopamine anymore because I've basically broken, damaged one of my receptor sites. So now I know that I was like, oh my god, I shouldn't have taken these pills because I had this underdeveloped brain chemistry system from the start. And so I said, okay, I need to find a holistic and natural way to do this. So before I go any further, I just want to say I didn't have bipolar or schizophrenia or other disorders that need lifetime medications. So I was able to come off medications. That's not the case for everyone, though. Some people will need to stay on medication. And so I just wanted to put that caveat in there. So people are hearing me saying I'm not telling people not to take medications. This is just my experience and, and what the doctors and the treatment professionals taught, told me through my testing and through their professional experience. So I said, okay, I can't continue to take these pills anymore because my brain's essentially tapped out. And so I went into all these old psychiatry uh, articles around nutritional psychiatry way back in the day, like the 70s, and turns out one of the co-founders of Alcoholics Anonymous, Bill Wilson, worked with one of the co-founders of this nutritional medicine, and he corrected his 20 years of depression in sobriety using niacin B3 vitamin. And so he wrote these letters to AA and I'm like getting super excited about all of these people in recovery and the nutritional medicine. And I'm like, oh my God. And so I found another book and that book was um, about a, a woman whose son died off from suicide after treatment. He went to a treatment center and came home and committed suicide and he was only 18. And she ended up doing a PhD, a PhD to figure out what went wrong. And she figured out that as biochemical imbalances in the brain exactly what this other doctor figured out with the brain development issues and the addiction use and that it can be corrected using natural medicine, vitamins, minerals, amino acids, and a whole bunch of other things. This book blew my mind. The book was called, what was the book called? Seven Weeks to Sobriety by Joan Matthews Larson. I actually emailed her. She wrote back to me. She's actually passed away now. But her book literally changed my life because it made me realize what was going on in my brain could be fixed with food nutritional medicine and so what i did is i went and bought a whole bunch of supplements and it didn't work (laughs) because i just didn't know how to put it all together so eventually i found a holistic doctor he ran some tests for me a test called the organic acids test which talks about brain chemistry metabolites and digestive health issues Got like 52 biomarkers in it and he built a picture using blood tests and organic acid tests and and food allergy testing and a whole bunch of like questions around my lifestyle and health history my history of use and my behavior and he said i think we can correct this brother if we use these vitamins and minerals and amino acids he said all right man you've made more sense than anyone i've ever spoken to honestly it was like mind-blowing how good it was to talk to this doctor we tried the supplement regime two weeks later my depression and insomnia went away literally two weeks i've been on pills for over seven years managing my genetic chemical imbalance and didn't fix anything and by using these natural supplements i corrected the nutrient deficiency And by correcting the nutrient deficiency my brain was able to make the neurotransmitters again and that blew my mind i i can't even tell you how different i felt like i was celebrating in the street i remember the first night i fell asleep on the couch and woke up at like 11 p.m and went i've fallen asleep i said i oh, don't waste it and i like closed my eyes again and like slinked into my room as quickly as I could and went to bed. Cause it'd been so long since I'd had natural sleep. I didn't want to not get natural sleep. And then the next night it happened again. And the next night it happened again. And I was like, yes. I was like, yes. I was like, Oh my God, this is going to work. I was like, the science was right. It wasn't just the study. It wasn't just this crazy lady. It was I was like, I did the test. It actually works. And so I instantly enrolled in an integrative nutrition health coaching course because I realized that I was onto something and I had to learn everything I could about it. And so I did. I started learning about the gut and the brain and the relationship between digestive health and brain health and mental illness and the microbiome and all these different things. And within a matter of months, I was off all my medications. I would basically stopped having seizures and stabilized the majority of my movement disorder. I still have long-term symptoms, but they're very, very mild. And I essentially live a great life. Um, so I'm managing that permanent condition now, but I'm managing it in a way that I get 90% of my life back. And um, I also developed autoimmune disease from antibiotics and anti-inflammatories and all the years of drug and alcohol abuse and all the years of medications essentially ripped my stomach to pieces. And so now I have autoimmune disease um, because the, The immune system's been basically chronically turned on because all the pathogen, all the stuff leaked out of my gut lining into my blood and essentially sent my immune system through the roof. So I learned all of this after seven years in recovery and went, wow. So I'm also managing an autoimmune disease now for the rest of my life. However, because I know how to do this, I've got the majority of my quality of life back. I still have to deal with those symptoms. But honestly, compared to what I was when I was medicated and depressed, I'm medicated, insomniac, medicated, 25 kilos overweight, sorry 20 kilos overweight it's night and day it's literally night and day and and i i feel like one of those people now that goes to talk to someone about recovery and i'm like i'm really grateful i'm an alcoholic and i'm really grateful i'm sober i'm really grateful i'm i managed to get well and yeah whether you consider yourself an alcoholic or not you know whatever i consider myself an alcoholic because of the brain change before the addiction not because i used alcohol same way I consider myself a diabetic before I eat food. I've got this problem with my blood sugar or insulin or whatever. However, diabetes works. I see addiction, the disease of addiction, the same. It's brain chemistry. It's, it's not performing properly. So when I say I'm an alcoholic, I don't mean I still drink or I have to live my whole life in some label. I'm just saying I understand biochemically. I have different reactions to substance. And therefore I don't drink anymore because it'd be stupid to do that because of the way I lived my life as a drunk everyone's free to do their own choices but when you put my life together it was like there's no point continuing to drink you just messed everything up so that's it i figured it out and then i started sharing it with people and guess what they started getting better too i could not believe it i was like oh my god but a lot of people also didn't want to hear it some people were quite threatened by that They're like you don't know you're not a doctor and i said yeah i'm not fair enough and so what i did was i started putting this stuff together and i started coaching people on the internet i started sharing it with all my friends and family. And as they transformed, I started believing more and more and more in what I figured out. And so a few months ago, I wanted to tighten the ship up. So I'm now three years off of my medications. I'm down to 89 kilograms, which is about 20 kilos from what I was. Um, I feel significantly better than I have in a decade. And I love what I do. And so as I was doing this, I realized that, I was getting slippery again. I started eating gluten and dairy. So I don't eat gluten and dairy because of my autoimmune issues and, and food intolerances. Started eating gluten and dairy again. And I started noticing I wasn't doing the things that keep me mentally well, like breath work or meditation or light exercise every day or every second day. And I wasn't making my bed, just little discipline things, right? And I was like, man, I'm just, I'm running, I'm running loose again. And I could feel it. I wasn't feeling confident. I was full of self-doubt. I was feeling mm, something's missing. And so I created a, a sober challenge and started off as a 60-day challenge. And then through feedback, people want to do a 30-day challenge. And so I created a 30-day challenge and um, yeah, I went to work and, and I did the 30 days and it was phenomenal. I, um, I'm also doing the 60 days, full disclosure, I've actually failed on the 60 days so far. It's been brutal. I got past the 30 days actually quite easily. And so I'm currently going through the sober 60 again now. It's totally fine. It's with these things, right? They're challenges. They're meant to be hard. Not if it was easy, everyone would do it. But the reason why it's a challenge is it's easy to do what I'm about to tell you in for one day. It was actually not that hard to do it for 37 days. What's really hard is to do it every single day consistently. And so I tell people to start with the 30 day challenge because if you get the 30 days under your belt, you'll probably never stop. I'm back still doing it. My sister did it. She did the 30 days bang. She's doing 60 days. And her and I have been talking about potentially doing 360 days but we're just going one step at a time. But the reason why I'm saying that is the 30 day challenge is what I actually realize works. The 30 days will get such a significant change, not just in your physical health, but in your mental health, you'll feel so strong. You'll feel so empowered that you'll be like, man, I just have so much confidence again. I don't know where this came from. Where it comes from is sticking to your own word. The human brain loves discipline and the human brain loves being told what to do by itself you know if i tell myself to do something and i actually do it i get a massive kick of dopamine i get a massive boost of self-esteem If you tell me to do something and, I, and i'm forced to do it i obviously hate that but if i say i'm going to do these three behaviors and i do them my brain just dumps dopamine and it strengthens my self-esteem so what is the 30-day challenge The 30-day challenge is simply seven daily tasks completed every single day for 30 days without failure and these seven daily tasks, there's no compromises, no substitutions. So if you, if you make one mistake over the 30 days, you have to start again at day one. And so why is it important to do it like that? It's because it's the consistency that creates the discipline. It's the consistency of discipline that creates the dopamine. It's the consistency of discipline that creates the self-esteem. It's actually a mental strengthening program. By making a decision and sticking to it every day, you strengthen your decision-making muscle. I know that might sound a bit silly, but it's true. Everything in our life is habitual. We are habitual creatures. So if we're in a habit of breaking our own word, we end up just on this like snowball down the mountain of word breaking. Whereas if we actually stick to our own word every day, we start building this snowball and we start creating an avalanche of discipline and decision-making. When we make decisions and stick to them, that builds self-esteem. So it's designed like this. So every time you have a decision, and you stick to it, and you stack it, and you stack it, and you stack it, and you stack it, you actually get stronger, and stronger, and stronger as the days go forward, and if you have a slip, dust yourself off, and start again, you know, that's the truth, there's no right, wrong, winner, you're a winner if you don't quit, and I seriously mean that, I failed so hard for so long with so many things in sobriety, and a friend of mine once said, never quit quitting, and I just, it stuck with me, and I said 100%, and you know, Vince Lombardi, the six time Super Bowl winning coach or whatever from the last century, he said, winners never quit and quitters never win. And I was like, Yeah, that's correct. And so I consider myself a winner. Not because I beat everyone or I've I've done everything perfectly, but because I will never quit quitting. I'll always get back up again. So I just wanted to share that because if you fail at the challenge, so what? Get up and start again. And hopefully you don't fail. Hopefully you build so much momentum, it just blows your mind. But It doesn't matter if you fail. What matters is getting back up again. It's all about the day. You've got to win the day. And if you win 30 days, you complete the challenge. You probably want to do 60. Then you probably want to do 90. You probably want to do 360. I don't know you. But honestly, it builds such a great feeling inside inside of your heart. You know, it really kicks you off. So how do I do it? So what are the seven daily tasks? So before we begin... Before you consider any of these, you must see a doctor and get clearance. I want to repeat that one more time. You have to see a doctor and get clearance to make sure this is safe for you. And you also need to find a holistic practitioner. So a naturopathic doctor, an integrative doctor, or a functional medicine doctor, and ask them to give you an organic acids test and whatever other testing they want to get. You want to make sure you talk about an organic acids test and talk to them about amino acids, and vitamins and minerals for neurotransmitter depletion. It's the first thing you want to talk to them about. Okay, so you got to do those two things. You can do them with the one doctor. If you can find an integrative or holistic functional doctor, you can get the clearance and the oat test with them. If you currently don't have an organic acids test done and you only have a GP, you can get the clearance from them, but you still need to go find a naturopath or an integrative holistic doctor to run the oat test. Because before we begin these challenges, you have to go and get these tests because you've got to take the supplements to support your brain. All right. With that said, task number one, make your bed. Every single morning, you have to make your bed. That one's pretty simple, right? Get up, make your bed. Number two, you have to do three minutes of breath work every single day. And so there's a bunch of different things on YouTube, box breathing, alternate nostril breathing, the Wim Hof method, lots of different yoga breaths out there. I've actually created a meditation and breath work series that you can find at my Instagram at integrative recovery. So you can get it there. It's also on my Spotify. So if you're listening to that on Spotify now, this, then just check the playlist that we meditations there. Second thing you have, third thing you have to do is you have to meditate for 10 minutes every day. Fourth thing you have to do is you have to exercise for 30 minutes per day. And it has to be cardiovascular aerobic exercise. What I mean by that is low intensity. So not not like training heavy weights at the gym or running or sprinting. You have to be able to continue to hold a conversation. So if you're walking or cycling or something and you, if you start running out of breath, you're going too fast. And the reason why this is is we want to train our nervous system. We want to start oxygenating our body. We want to start improving our detox capacity. We want to be burning oxygen. And so light exercise 30 minutes a day. The fifth thing is you have to stick to a diet. So you have to find a diet and your holistic doctor can help you do that or a naturopath or a dietician, you have to find a diet that suits your biochemical needs and you have to stick to it every single day. No cheat meals, not one. And part of that dietary theory, right, has to eliminate sugar, flour, caffeine, and nicotine. And this freaks most people out. But this is the hardest part of the challenge by far. Making your bed, three minutes of breath work, 10 minutes of meditation, 30-minute walk, that's actually not that hard. Sticking to a diet, no cheat meals, and eliminating the last drugs in your system, nicotine, caffeine, sugar, and flour. Freaks people out. But the good news is, is when you see these holistic doctors and you get the supplements, you start actually supporting your brain chemistry systems, detox becomes much easier. Withdrawal becomes much easier. And so many people in sobriety have what's called post-acute withdrawal syndrome, long-term withdrawal symptoms. And so that's like, like I said, it's the mood swings, the, the sleep issues, the mood issues, the brain fog, the emotional outbursts, the, the fatigue, the feeling scattered all the time, not feeling like you're quite fit in or something's missing, not sure what the heck's going on, but you just don't feel like you're quite fit. That's generally post-acute withdrawal syndrome. And so that's the neurotransmitter depletion. Your brain chemistry systems aren't working properly. It's the digestive health issues. It's the, you know, adrenal fatigue or burnout. It's the leaky gut. It's like your stomach lining's all torn up. It's the excess candida and overgrowth of yeast in your stomach called dysbiosis. There's all of these health issues that are super common to people in recovery because alcohol and drugs wreak havoc on the body. And we often just continue to take caffeine, nicotine, sugar, and flour in sobriety. And we just keep damaging our gut and we keep our brain in a chronic state of down regulation. And so by seeing these holistic doctors and taking these supplements and changing your diet, strategically using these particular dietary theories and these supplement regimes and medication, if the doctor deems that necessary, you can actually start correcting post-acute withdrawal syndrome. Like I said, for me, in a matter of weeks, seven years of pills did nothing. Two weeks of supplements and dietary theory and proper lifestyle and behaviour change, I started feeling phenomenal. Fast forward a few months later, I was a different human being. So this diet piece is the piece. It's the number one piece of the challenge. And so you have to get your head around that. Like I have to talk to the doctor and he has to give me a diet, the paleo diet, the vegan diet, the keto diet, whole foods diet, plant-based diet. There's hundreds of different dietary theories out there. I studied over a hundred of them in my health coaching course. And the truth is there is no one diet for you. One person's food is another person's poison. And I know a lot of people don't like to hear that if they've got plant-based values or they're right into the keto diet or they're right into carnivore diet. Truth is, the carnivore diet isn't great for everyone. The plant-based diet isn't great for everyone. What's great for everyone is getting biochemical testing done, speaking to a practitioner, finding out your chemical imbalances, your food sensitivities, your digestive issues, supplementing, balancing, shifting, and creating a dietary theory that maps to your needs. When you do that, transformation is incredible. There's people like Dr. Terry Walls. She was in a wheelchair with with multiple sclerosis. Her life was over. And she got into functional medicine and thought, I'm going to try and slow down the development of my disease the best I can using nutrition. Six months later, she was walking again. 12 months later, she was riding a bicycle like 15k a day. And now she works in the Cleveland Clinic in America, running clinical trials around nutrition and autoimmune disease. It's phenomenal. And there's so many stories like this. She's just one. If you want to check it out, you can just Google Dr. Terry Walls or Dr. Mark Hyman or you know, there's so many doctors out there, Dr. McDougall, there's heaps, so many nutritional-based doctors. Some of them are into keto, some are into paleo, some are into vegan. I'm not trying to make the theories right or wrong. I'm just trying to say food as medicine is incredibly powerful. So number five: stick to your diet. No cheap meals. Number six: drink three liters of water. So every day you got to drink three liters of water. And number seven, you have to do a social media post whether it's Facebook or Instagram, you can do it wherever you want. It's got to say hashtag sober 30. You got to do that every single day. It's about building accountability. So you have to build accountability so that every day you're stacking, you're publicly acknowledging it every time you think about wanting to fail. That will help keep you on on board. Trust me, I've failed online. It sucks. It really sucks to put that post up, but you just have to do it. Um, So that's the challenge. Make your bed, three minutes of breath work, 10 minutes of meditation, 30 minutes of light exercise. Stick to a diet, drink three liters of water, do your hashtag Sober30 post. You do those seven things that day, you've won the day. You win 30 days in a row, you are a Sober30 champion. You have my respect and you will have your own respect, which is more important than that. Your own respect is the thing that's going to transform your life. And it's done this way because by combining the, the discipline and the mental, the mental, Strengthening and the relationship we build with ourselves again is like the most important piece. But when you combine it with holistic medicine, and you combine it by getting people to see these doctors and making these changes based on testing, it is transformative. It is explosive, and I'm not even joking. Like I'm not exaggerating. The level of change that happens in a person within thirty days of this style of um, intervention is explosive. You can't understand it until you've done it, and I know I probably sound like a hypey BS guy right now, but I don't care (laughs) because it's just true. Like at the end of thirty days, I spoke to my sister. She's like, "Oh my God, I feel so good. My energy's great." She's like, "I feel like I could run through a flipping wall," and I'm like, "Yes." Her confidence was through the roof, but her energy was through the roof. That's when you combine mental discipline, daily habits with functional holistic medicine. It integrates integrative approach. You deal with the physical and the emotional and psychological, it's explosive. And then, so the people that are already doing treatment, whether it's 12 step or therapy or yoga or whatever, this is complementary. This just fits in. You can just run your daily 12 step program, your morning program. You can make breath work and meditation a part of that. You know, it's not hard. You just you shift it if you're doing therapy or whatever, talk to your therapist about your different yoga and breath work, different meditations, all these different things. So it's really easy to do, you know. It fits to every other treatment program out there was designed that way. It's meant to be a way to take whatever's working in your life and accelerate it. It's literally an accelerator. If you combine this, this level of approach with what you're currently doing, your recovery will explode, my friends. (laughs) can't put it any other way. I'll be getting emails, I promise you, or DMs saying, oh, my effing God, this is phenomenal. And so enough of blowing my own hot trumpet because I'm not trying to be a hypey guy. I'm just super excited because I've done it. I know exactly how I felt, unstoppable. So the fine print, I've got all this on a cheat sheet, by the way. So that's a lot of information. Like, oh my God, I'm gonna remember all that. I've got a cheat sheet. I can send it out to you. It's got all the seven daily rules. It's got all the fine print under it. It's even got a daily calendar where you can tick off every single day. And so by the end of it, you'll tick it off and there's a little trophy at the end of the 30 days and you'll, and you'll have your little, so 30 champion trophy there. So the fine print, like I said, I'll go over the fine print quickly. It's you got to see a holistic practitioner and get an note test and a clearance by your doctor. You have until you go to bed that night to complete all the daily tasks. So you've got until you go to bed to get those seven done. I recommend making your bed first thing in the morning. It's up to you where you do it. Some people like doing a one-hour sequence where they get up, make their bed, go for a walk for 30 minutes, finish the, the walk with three minutes of breath work and 10 minutes of meditation. Then they come home, they get their first meal of the day done up and they're all ready to rock. Some people love that, doing it at lunchtime, some people do it after they put their kids to bed at night. So it's up to you to figure out how you structure this. I recommend doing it all in like 45 minutes to an hour, finding a daily routine where it really gets you going. Um, but it's, it's up to the individual to do that. Any slips and you have to start again at day one. So if you do eight minutes of meditation and you fall asleep, you have to start again. This happened to me on day 37. I fell asleep doing my evening meditation at five minutes in. I got up and was like, you bugger. I couldn't believe it. So yeah, there's no room for compromise. You drink 2.9 liters of water, not three. You have to start again. That also got me. I fell asleep one night with 250 mils left in my cup. I have like a measuring jug I was drinking out of. And by the way, the way I do this is I have a 1.5 liter water bottle. That's it. Like it's simple. I just went down the supermarket, got a 1.5 or you can get a one liter and you just fill it up. I do two of these. Some people do um, three one liters. It's not that hard to do. So no alcohol or drugs of any kind. This includes caffeine, nicotine, sugar, and flour. And so let me just be a little bit more specific on what I mean by sugar and flour. So sugar means refined sugar, honey, maple syrup, sweeteners, agave, stevia, all of those things because they affect neurotransmitters. That's why. Stevia and agave and all these things, they will wreak havoc on the brain chemistry systems we're trying to support here. Um, When it comes to foods themselves, anything that has more than 10 grams of sugar in it or sugar in the first four ingredients. So there are two ways to measure it. Um, So I have coconut yogurt, right? And it's got tapioca starch, which is technically a flour in the first three ingredients. But as you look at the side label, it's got less than a gram of sugar per 100. So when it's got less than 10 grams, so nine grams or less of sugar in 100 grams, I eat it. Some people prefer to be more strict than that and say so if it's got any sugar or flour in the first four ingredients on the list, it's out. So if you look at a pasta sauce or a yogurt or whatever and you look at it and it says, okay, it's like um, wheat, rah, 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 that's straight out, right? But if you look at a, at a yogurt or whatever and it's got um, you know, coconut milk, cultures, tapioca starch and maple syrup... Well, if it's in the first four ingredients, you would chuck that out. You would say, I'm not going to eat that. That's not on my list. If you're doing the 10 grams per hundred, then you just simply look at the label and go, oh yeah, it's got nine grams in it. I can eat that. So depending on your own biochemistry, you have to decide whether or not you can manage that. If you're really, really sensitive to sugar and don't be surprised by the way, people, if you find this super hard, if you're like, oh my God, getting rid of sugar and flour feels like I'm getting rid of an addiction again. It's because you are. It's super hard to do it. But when you do it the way I'm teaching you with massive discipline and strategic supplements, it is the simplest way to do it. So you have to make a decision. That's the thing. When you decide this stuff, you have to go and get the testing and get the subs and prepare. And then you've got to put time aside and say, I'm doing this bloody thing. The next 30 days is the most important 30 days in my life. So I need to make sure my kitchen and all of my fridge is empty of all the junk food. Everything's out of the house. I've got a full fridge worth of food. I've gone shopping. I've got my labels. I've read the labels. I'm all ready to go. I've put time aside. I've told my partner or my housemates that I may be grumpy for a few days because I'm coming off sugar and flour and caffeine and nicotine. And, and I'm, I'm really committed to this. You know, you've got to make this a priority. You can't just half-ass this thing if you want it to work. So if you can do that, if you can really commit and you can decide For the next 30 days, this is what matters to me the most. You get through it. But if you say, oh, I'll probably make it or I'll go shopping on day two when I feel like it or I haven't got the subs, I didn't bother seeing the integrative doctor, but I'm just going to try it anyway. You're not going to make it because your brain's going to flip out for one because you don't have any natural chemistry in it. And two, you're half pregnant. You can't get it done. There's no halfway solution with this stuff. You're either in... you're out because the way the human brain works when we get under stress when we get tired and fatigued we go to what's simple we go to what we know and if what we know is like apathy lethargy not sticking to our own word which is what we're changing here we're going to go back to our old ways so you have to prepare this thing properly you have to take it seriously it's why it's a challenge it's like oh my god he's asking me to change my life essentially yeah i am (laughs) but i'm asking you to do it for 30 days And then I'm going to let you decide what you want to do after 30 days because I'm almost 100% confident that you won't go back. But if you can figure out how to do 30 days, you can figure out how to take control of your life. That's what I'm asking you to do. Take full responsibility for your health and wellness. Get a second opinion by a holistic doctor and take action. Make a decision. I will do this challenge and I will not change my mind. You know, the old... The old thinking voice, the limiting voice that wants to tell us we can't do something or that it's going to be too hard without this. Or what about sugar and flour? Or, or oh, what happens if I miss this? Or it's going to be so hard. It's like, that's the point. That's the addictive voice. That's the unconscious program. That's the part of us that's, that's running our life right now. And I'm not making it the enemy or hating it. But we've got to take control. We've got to take ownership of our life back. And this is what's so hard about this is that we're, we're full of fear and we're full of doubt. It's the doubt that holds you back. So if you can prepare and take action and you can make a decision, decide 30 days to, the, to a new life, you will have a new life. So again, that's the fine print. No alcohol or drugs of any kind, including nicotine, sugar, caffeine or flour. Like I said, find the healthy diet, stick to it, zero cheap meals, find the holistic doctor, get the subs in the dietary theory that will support your brain. Last piece of the fine print, publicly announce you are doing the sober challenge on your social media and then take a picture the day before you begin in the mirror, in the bathroom, or get a friend to take it. If you can, in like your undies or your board shorts or whatever, and a picture of you from the front and the side, but just we just want a before pick, right? And then on day 31, once you've got 30 30 days, you've completed the challenge, I want you to post a picture of your before and after with the hashtag Sober30Champion. And this also creates a lot of um, resistance in people. I don't want to put this post on social media. I don't want to... Exactly. Exactly why I'm asking you to do it. That's why I'm asking you to put a post up every single day. Because it's... One, it's annoying. I don't like doing it. But two, it builds accountability. It forces you to make a decision. And that's what's happening. If you're listening to this podcast and part of you feels excited about taking control of your life back and part of you feels like it's a shit idea and you'll be miserable, that's the point. Every time I make it black and white, I'm forcing the unconscious program into the consciousness. Oh, we don't want to do this. I'm, I'm essentially triggering your addiction. And I'm not doing it like to, to make your life harder. I'm doing it because it's the only way you can actually take control back. And once you understand the way that it operates, your conscious mind decides and your unconscious mind follows. That's how it works. That's the proper relationship in our brain. But when we're addicted to something or we've got this like decision-making process not working properly, we try to make a decision and the unconscious program throws doubt and resistance and frustration and all these excuses and stories and rationalizations and justifications up. Too hard, I do and we just believe them. We just assume that that's the way it has to be we think it's us doing that it's like no that's the program that's the unconscious program doing its job keeping you safe and static and doing nothing staying in the way it is because it thinks that's what's good but it's not what's good because if you're listening to this still you're tired or you're burnt out or you can't sleep or you're not or you're depressed or you feel like something's missing you're not living your best life if you're still here that's my guess i may be wrong but for the most part if you're listening to this you probably know deep down in your heart of hearts that your sobriety and your life in sobriety isn't the best it can be. And the reason why is the voice of doubt is keeping you stuck. It's keeping you safe. And these decisions, these 30-day choices, these lines in the sand are the way you force yourself through the resistance and you can say to yourself, I'm not getting rid of you or destroying you. you know, the unconscious program, I think, is worried that we're going to like, try and kill it. It's like the ego or whatever. You want to call it that if you want. It's, no, it's like it, ego, addictive voice, unconscious program. Just know this isn't about destroying you. It's about building a better relationship with you, a better relationship with me. And the addictive voice, the unconscious part of us, our unconscious mind craves for us to step up in discipline. It craves it. But it tests that discipline over and over and over again so it won't surrender the unconscious mind will not surrender to the conscious mind without incredible amount of conviction without an incredible amount of consistency so if you think about it like that the unconscious mind's job is to test your decision making skills and every time you fail to stick to your own word it continues to run the show whereas if you make a decision with massive conviction and consistency it learns it's okay to relax And it comes out of survival mode and it actually surrenders and you feel peaceful. You feel joyous and free because your unconscious mind can bloom and relax. It's no longer in freak out mode thinking that it has to run the show the whole time. Now, I know that probably sounds a little bit deep, but it's true. Just practice it. Just tell yourself you're going to do something and watch what happens. The inner inner resistance will come. And it's your ability to love yourself and love that your love, your resistance and then act anyway. I love you. Thank you for the resistance. I appreciate it. I understand. And I'm still going to do this challenge today. I'm still going to get it done. And at the end of the day, what will happen is the resistance will actually turn into gratitude. It'll turn into appreciation for yourself and your relationship to yourself will explode. And I've said that word a lot today, but seriously, I just cannot put into words how different it makes you feel. So all right, I've banged on a bunch way longer than I thought. If you want the cheat sheet, please go to integrative recovery. So go to Instagram at integrative, I-N-T-E-G-R-A-T-I-V-E, recovery, R-E-C-O-V-E-R-Y, and hit me up in the DM. Just send me a DM and say, I want to be a Sober 30 champion. And if you send me that message, I'll send you the PDF where you can print it out. You can put it on your wall. It's got the seven daily tasks on it, It's got the 30-day calendar on it and it's got all of the fine print at the bottom of it. It talks about getting the doctor and all that stuff. So anyone that doesn't know how to find an integrative or holistic doctor, just Google integrative doctor, my town. Or or Google holistic doctor and then the name of your town. Or functional medicine doctor in the name of your town. And if you do the research and you ring around, you might have to make a few phone calls. This is about being resourceful, staying staying, staying empowered. You'll find one. And, And if you can't find one of those look for a university-qualified naturopathic doctor. In Australia, they're called naturopaths. In the US, they're called naturopathic doctors. You can find a university-qualified naturopath that runs an organic acids test. They can do this with you. So you can use a naturopath in conjunction with your GP to get the clearance and then the organic acids test. Or you can find an integrative or functional medicine doctor that can essentially do both of those jobs for you in the one. All right, so that's it. So today we covered a lot. We went over how to do the challenge went over why the challenge is important. We went over what the challenge might do for you around self-esteem and confidence. We talked about the way that sugar and flour, caffeine and nicotine are essentially the last drugs we need to get rid of and are often the hardest parts of this challenge. And I taught you how to find a holistic doctor and make that decision to know how your brain is operating. And so now you have a choice. So you can take everything we spoke about here today and you can disregard it. You can just let it all go. Say, oh, that was great, Giorgio, but essentially I'm going to go back to what I was doing. You can continue with mood issues, sleep issues, lack of self-confidence, having awkward social life, feeling like something's missing in your sobriety, feeling like you're a square peg in a round hole. If you want to do that, that's your choice. I'm not here to tell anyone what to do. Or if you want something different, if you want to do something new, something that will change your life, that will build rock-solid confidence, that will transform your physical and emotional health, something that'll make you feel great, where you show up in your personal life feeling like a million bucks, where your career and your goals and your values are an expression of your energy, where you feel like you can socialize and network without any self-esteem issues or any social anxiety, where you feel like you live one of these 1% sobrieties, where people look at you and say, man, you're just something about you. There's something in your eyes, like, yeah, you just, I don't know, you've just got that thing, you know, where your energy's through the roof and you feel like anything's possible If you want that, then then the challenge is what I have for you. and I seriously mean that. The challenge can change your life. Now, I'll stop talking. I appreciate you so much for for listening to this. Um, I probably rambled on a little bit um, repetitively. I did that because one, I wanted to make sure I covered the topics and two, that's just the passion I have, to be honest. This is basically a freestyle. Um, I've got a couple of notes here to make sure I covered the, the pieces, but I just want people to know that this is real i want you to know this is real that you don't have to decide so you don't have to settle for less you don't have to take the opinion of one doctor you can go and get a second opinion you don't have to listen to your mentors limitations if they have them I'm not saying they do but some people's mentors have small vision and that's fine great for them but don't let someone else's small vision or different vision even become your vision what's your vision for your life like what did you dream about when you were a kid What do you still dream about deep down? Because whatever that is, it is possible. And it's possible by transforming your health. It's possible by building mental discipline, and you can start all of that with this challenge today. So with that said, my friends, I look forward to talking to a few of you on the DM. Um, That's the only place you can get me at this stage, and it's partially done on purpose. because I want people that actually want to do this thing, because this challenge is not for everyone. Most people, in fact, will listen to me and think I'm a dick, and that's totally fine. I'm not here to impress anyone, and, and you know, I don't have all the answers either. I'm not saying this is the only thing. But the people that want that new life, the people that are ready to step up, the ones that are ready to let go of excuses, the ones that aren't going to dabble and be half pregnant and, and come in and then quit, the ones that are willing to do whatever it takes, open-minded, committed, resourceful. If that's you, I'll see you in the DM. Hit me up. I look forward to it. Thank you so much for your time. Good luck. God bless, my friends. Peace and love.